This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, wherever and however you're connected. Always nice to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who always celebrates BYU football independence with fife and drum music, Jerem Jordan. I actually asked Tom Homo when BYU went independent, was this because of this song? And he said... Yes, hit it. This song caused BYU to leave the Mountain West and go in. No, it's not true. <laughs> we'll talk to Tom coming up. Uh, but yeah, Independence. We found this goofy track and we find any excuse, yeah, an entire show about Independence to do that. The guitar riff always. I don't gets know me. why there's a guitar riff in this because I don't remember Paul Revere rocking a guitar. Yes, it, it really does face sound melting like. melting solo against. His fellow Brits as they came across, he's lighting the lanterns. It sounds like I'm watching Nick at Night and uh, some show that was popular in the late 70s to early 80s has just come on. Yeah, Chips, that cop show about the uh, yes. motorcycle early cops 90s, in Los Angeles. I lived in Woodland Hills, California. I watched it. <laughs> I experienced it. Yes, oh. Chips. What was his name? The actor's name? Eric Eric Estrada. <laughs> So hot. I love it so much. Hey, your Decade of Independent show lineup features not only more fife and drum music, but the top 10 plays in 10 seasons mm-hmm. of Independence. If one top 10 list is good, more or better, Jerem, we also have the top 10 players in 10 seasons of BYU Football Indy. Plus, Athletic Director Tom Holmo joins us for a Decade Recap. What really took BYU the Independence route and what will happen in the next 10 years or won't happen in the next 10 years in Mr. Homo's regard. But we begin with a look at the important numbers, or shall I say an accounting of independence with a very official suit wearing all business. Jason Shepard, take it away, Jason. It's good to be with you as an independent BYU's record overall is 81 and 48 under former head coach Bronco Mendenhall. The Cougars went 43 and 22. Under current head coach Kalani Satake, BYU is 38 and 26. BYU's bowl record as an independent is 5 and 4, while the Cougars' record against teams from P5 conferences is 17 and 24. As an independent, BYU's record versus rivals is as follows. Against Utah, 0 and 8. Versus Boise State, 4 and 5 and against Utah State, 6-3. and three. During Independence, the number of times BYU has been ranked in the final AP poll is once. The Cougars' highest final ranking is 11. Their highest AP ranking is 8. The number of players drafted into the National Football League is 11, and the number of first-round draft picks is 2. Notable wins as an Independent, Texas twice, Wisconsin, Tennessee, USC, Nebraska, and Michigan State. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Nice suit. (laughs) And uh, based on your facial expression, you desperately need a vacation. (laughs) Who knew we had an accountant and that it was Jason? I'm almost certain he is not certified. 
So any, anyway, let's expound on those figures, Jerem, beginning with the top storylines in a decade of independence. Why not go recent? The 2020 season, which ended up featuring the number two overall pick in the NFL draft quarterback, Zach Wilson, one yard short of a perfect season at Coastal Carolina. That game scheduled midweek. That was an unbelievable run in 2020. Ten years. We've had five years with Bronco Mendenhall, five years with Kalani Sataki now. So into the sixth year we go with Kalani in the fall of 2021. So, uh, yeah, a coaching change, which doesn't always happen in BYU. No, only four? Yeah. All time in the, in the last, uh, yeah, whatever, how many years that is? Almost 50 years. Crazy. The expanded exposure of BYU nationally, thanks to ESPN. Jason just mentioned all those notable wins. How many of those were a direct result of ESPN saying, hey, BYU, you should play this game? Yeah, and how many losses were there as a direct result of that, too? <laughs> um, the role of BYU TV Sports has been asked for us to expand. I've, I've been here since 06, and let's just say the first four or five years of that, we didn't really do much that mattered. Uh, since 2011, it's been fun to add pre- and post-game shows, add shoulder programming like after the review, and of course... BYU Sports Nation yes. started in 2013. Yeah, and has been... With, I'm pretty uh, happy about that. It's been in existence almost the entirety of the independence era. Yes, which brings us to this. Uh, you know, worst storyline. Still waiting for that win versus Utah. As oh, mentioned. We so, have not... We've yeah. broadcasted this show over 2,000 times and have not been able to celebrate a BYU football win against Utah. Yeah, we, well, we celebrated a halftime lead um, <laughs> in 2018. So, yeah, no... <laughs> That's clearly... The dark mark of independence is BYU has Hold yet. It. We going Harry Potter to here? Beat nice. Utah in football. That's that's the one thing that they yeah. need to do that they have not done. Well, I would add uh, have a have a season in a regular normal year that matters as well. The pandemic one was awesome, but it was unique and different and on a curve. Right, you because argue, BYU didn't pay the same schedule, yeah. And the power and like Big Ten and Pac-12 started later. You could argue injuries have been another dark mark to notable players, yeah, like Taysom Hill. Yeah. Oh, how about a look back at Independence with a photo journal that I'm sure will feature Taysom Hill. We'll call it the Images of Independence. Each one of these incredible still frames capture so much emotion, carry a wealth of stories. Go ahead and play the fife and drum music again. Get the energy up. Yeah. Riley Nelson's hair back in 2011, Jerem. Look at those luscious locks. The storm before the Texas game in 2013. The hand the, of Voldemort. The real storm was Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams later. Yes. 550 combined rushing yards. Taysom's leap against Texas the next year. That might be the image of images in the era. Against Houston, 9-11. The special helmets, the uh, you know the cards on the east side, very special. Fantastic image right there. BYU's win at Nebraska, the Mangum miracle to Mitch Matthews. And then the emotion in the locker room when Mitch and Taysom embrace and Taysom's out for the year and Ugh. shed some real tears there, man. Later, how about a week later in 2015, Kai Nakua, the third of his three interceptions against Boise State. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate after he housed this one at Lavelle Ridge Stadium. Yeah, and the play to win the game before that, Mitchell Jurgens, Starman. Amazing two-week sequence of Hail Marys. Into 2016, Jamal Williams set the new franchise, or I should say program record, 286 yards rushing against Toledo, five touchdowns, that tied a record. 2019, beating USC in overtime, storming the field. Zach Wilson, this is pre-50 million bucks. Yeah, he had a black headband on in 2019. Then he got specified any team, any time, any place in 2020. And that prevented a perfect season. 
His last start featured the black uniforms. Have we seen those for the final time? Have, have we? We're, I think they're saying they're gone, right? But Yeah, no fans in the stands in 2020 uh, for most of it. BYU dominated that Navy. What an image right there. Yeah, they created a lot of energy on the sideline. A little bit later, uh, one yard short of Coastal Carolina. Listen, just because we don't like it doesn't mean we shouldn't bring it up. Just because it's inconvenient or negative, one yard short. That was a wild okay. ride. BYU took that game midweek. Midweek. Yeah, we'll be there in three days. Yep. All the way across the country. If only the Pioneers had had that option. Yep. Okay, coming up, Tom Homo joins the program. How does he feel about the last decade of independence? And where does BYU's AD see the program next year, if not in 10 years? This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, pipe and drum. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. From the studio, Bizzle, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Zach Wilson scoring one of his 43 touchdowns that he was responsible for in that unforgettable 2020 season. We welcome you back to a decade of independence as we look back at the more memorable moments in what has been a wild ride in Indy. And to help us do so, who better then the athletic director, Tom Holmo, to recap those 10 years and even take a look into the future. He joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Tom, great to have you on the show. How are you? Thanks, guys. Always good to be here. All right, let's rewind roughly a decade to the beginning of this independence journey. If you can go back that far, a lot's happened. What led to BYU initially seeking independence? I think certainly it came down to television and exposure for our team. We have Cougar Nation across the country, unlike few other teams that can say that, that maybe there's a handful, and our people just weren't able to see our games. We tried to see if we could remedy that situation with our conference and couldn't. So we made a decision to take a shot on our own, go independence, and uh, take that plunge and see if we can get that exposure that we needed so much. Tom, when did the conversation and even the idea, frankly, start to where, okay, is this a possibility and how would this work? And what role did ESPN play in that? Well, it started actually for a couple of years before we actually made the decision to break away and go independent. And as that in during those two years, a period, uh, two year period, we felt that it was important to be, uh, good partners in a conference. We tried to work those things out. We've hashed this out before, but during that period is when we thought, what are the alternatives? What are the other possibilities? Obviously there's other conferences, but those are difficult to join. And so what about the possibility of independence? And so we flushed out independence. We felt fairly well. We thought we would know exactly what we're getting into, <laughs> but uh, through those 10 years, Independence has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. Do you go independent if ESPN's not part of the equation? No, there's no way you could have done it because we wouldn't have been able to uh, get a TV contract. We would have been able to, um, it would have been a big, a very big, big risk. We would have had to find things here and there. But with ESPN and with the contract that we had, we knew that we had that constant broadcasting partner that could get our message, get our games, get our individual coaches and players and teams out to all of Cougar Nation. 
Yeah, without question, ESPN was the clear catalyst to creating that exposure for BYU football that you brought up initially and the access for BYU fans to follow BYU football, among other teams, also BYU TV a part of that. But, Tom, what do you feel, aside from the exposure and access, what makes you feel like independence was the right decision? Well, I think if you look through the years, we could say, what if we would have stayed in that same situation? I, that, you know, that's speculation, purely speculation. I don't know what would have happened in that case. We went independent. And so you look at some of the positives that happened. We had, we had an opportunity to play in some big games across the country, all over the nation in great stadiums. We were able to recruit. Um, certain players that would come in to see and be able to play in those games. I think that was a key. I think you said it a little bit on the, on the last segment that BYU TV had a big role in this because BYU TV and all the games that we were not able to broadcast on the Olympic level were now being independent. We could do everything we wanted, anything we wanted to be able to build that brand with BYU TV sports and BYU athletics. And so I don't think you could just say it's just athletics and just ESPN. You have that also that third piece, which is BYU TV sports, which broadcasts and then all the information, of course, sports nation and just there's no other school in the country that gets that exposure. I'll be Venmoing you at Tom Homo a little bit later, Tom. We appreciate that. What what role, if any, did Utah play in this? Because uh, Utah and BYU have tried to go together forever, and then obviously there's sort of this uh, split, Pac-12, independence. What role did that play, if at all? That's a good question. I think the role that it played was in two parts. One, we had a really strong conference when we had Utah and TCU and BYU, not to mention the other consistently good teams in the, in the Mountain West Conference. When TCU left and Utah left, it kind of left us in a position where the strength of the conference wasn't good. I don't think you would have seen us going independent if we would have still had Utah and TCU in the conference. If one, only one of them goes, do you maybe stay with the other? You know, I don't know. I think if it was Utah and BYU, um, we we probably would have stayed. But that's, again, speculation. Yeah. Now, this next question may be just bathed in recency bias, but we need to ask it. Because of the 2020 season and BYU's independent status, you have the autonomy to cobble together a schedule and become one of the darlings of college football when other conferences and teams primarily were shut down. So some people feel like the 2020 season alone was enough to validate the decision to go independent 10 years ago. I think that's a little bit myopic, but how do you see that scenario? Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, 10 years uh, is a long time, and I don't know if one season could really uh, make up for if people didn't like the previous nine. I don't think that's true. But I think that it kind of culminates at the end of a decade. Some of the things, if you're going to ask, what are some of the best parts? I think the big, big games. And then this season. Now, look, we had a couple of good seasons in there, but this one was probably the best considering all the situations that came into being with COVID. Um, But I, I would say that 
it, you can't say independence. I wouldn't say independence um, could be validated for everyone because of 2020. Were you immediately validated when going independent or was there moments or games or seasons that sort of, uh, or moments that sort of validated the decision in your mind? No, I was, I was nervous and anxious about what was the unknown. We felt that we had done our due diligence and in researching it and looking at the many other school, I shouldn't say many, the number of schools that had gone independent for some period of time in their history, Penn state, Florida state, obviously you look at Notre Dame and then there's some other smaller schools, lesser known schools, but we went into it with faith, hoping that the things that we thought of would be great. And uh, we knew we'd have some challenges and as it is 10 years later, things were, some things were great, and there are some big challenges. And I think uh, those have been discussed and talked about a lot. But I think if I mean, moving forward, we are still independent this year. There will be some things that will be good. We'll have a really good schedule, play great teams. But it'll be difficult in that um, for the same reasons and uh, hurdles that have, have maybe been there in the past if – we don't get off to a good start if we don't win our fair share of games. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with us on BYU Sports Nation. Here's a loaded question, and I'm sure that uh, a lot goes into this, but why not ask it? What's the closest BYU has come to joining a conference in the first 10 years of this independence run? Well, I think it's um, plain and obvious that we made a run in the Big 12 we actually, they put out like an RFP. We went in there. They invited us to come in and make a presentation. It was pretty public at the time. And then the Big 12 made a decision to go in a different direction. That's for sure the closest that it's been. Uh, there's been discussions. There's things that happen behind the scenes that are very private and confidential. And those things never get out. I don't say discussions, but I would say we're always looking for what's best for our football program. And it would be, um, I would be remiss if I didn't look at every opportunity and take the calls that come in that have questions about where we are at what time and what we're looking for. So I think those conversations have occurred almost every year, if not every year, uh, very often in that 10 year period. And I would assume that they will continue until we continue to make independence better and better and better or find another league. Tom, when you went independent, how long did you think you'd be independent? That was hard. We did not put a year on it. We did not use a time frame. We thought we would use it to the best of our ability and improve our position and make it better than what it was in hopes that something better than independence would come along. We didn't go into independence thinking that would be the cure-all. We didn't anticipate that it would be like Notre Dame where you're independent for decades and decades and maybe a century. <laughs> uh, totally different issue with us. But here we are 10 years later, and I don't know if that's uh, over or under what the uh, Vegas <laughs> line would have been. I think it was five and a half, so uh, hit, hit the over. Um, I've compared BYU football's situation with independence and conference affiliation to a marriage. Uh, you divorce from the Mountain West. You're single. Perhaps there's a suitor. Obviously, Power Five would be kind of, it seems like, the end game. Is that the end game for BYU football? Would, would a Power Five invite 
be something that all of a sudden, yes, you take that and you make certain concessions because that's where the powerful teams are in terms of money and access? Certainly, that would be what we've been looking for. I've made that public for years. Um, I think that question comes up every single year with the media, and I don't think that my answer has changed. I think, and I've said in the past, that or I believe that our student-athletes should have the best opportunity, the most opportunities to play against the best student-athletes and the best teams in the country. And I think the way you do that is playing them every single week, meaning that you're in an Autonomy 5 conference, you're playing a very difficult schedule against the best teams and players, and that's what I'd like to see our players and teams and coaches have. Tom, we're looking at highlights of BYU winning at Camp Randall in 2018 against Wisconsin, at Neyland Stadium in 2019 against Tennessee, the home win against USC in 2019 a week later following that Tennessee triumph, not to mention multiple wins over Texas. These are all pinnacle moments. For you, what are your pinnacle moments within independence both on and off the field? Man, I I don't – it's hard for me to pick a game. It's almost like – it's almost like your children. Hey, which one of your children's is your favorite? I have a favorite uh, kid, Tom. I think that uh, I think that just I just remember a lot of the big games and the big wins, and those are the ones that that's what we went for. So to say that one of them made it all worthwhile, I don't think that's true. But I think once we got the first one, we knew there could be a second one, and now we're trying to get more and more and and uh, sooner in between. Do you expect expansion in the next couple of years? Because obviously that's a hopeful window for a Power 5 invite, but there's there's TV contracts. We talked about it on Media Day earlier. Do you expect it to happen? I don't. When you say expansion, I don't think you're going to see this uh, tecton, this earthquake where everything shakes up. But I, I do think that you perhaps could see a P5 conference add some teams or they could change conferences like they have in the past. I I just think that some of those P5s are so strong that they won't need to shake up. It would be more an adjustment and those will be predicated on their TV conference, their broadcast agreements. And so you'll see those happen maybe at different times. I think that this uh, CFP change that looks to be coming. The proposals are out there and everybody's reading about uh, in combination with some of the, the conference um, contracts that are running, uh, are running out and will be renewed. And, you know, if, if it's going to happen, those will be the times that it would happen. Those are in different years. So without saying which ones come up when and which looks to be the best, those are, those are decisions that those conferences will make Uh, we would like to be a player when it comes down to our football program and how that would go would you take a football only invite um yeah i mean we we really enjoy the wcc and what it does for our olympic teams in relation to where we are in football right now as an independent but those like those p5 conferences What I'm saying and suggesting is not just for football. I mean, if you were in the SEC, the ACC, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big 12, 
you would have an opportunity for our women's soccer, women's volleyball, baseball, men's tennis, men's basketball, women's basketball, football, all of them to be playing against the best teams, the best student athletes in the country week after week. And so I think that when you look at the P5s, that would be a situation where you could um, and you probably would and hopefully go as a group. But if you there's possibilities that it could happen with football only. When I say there's possibilities, if it came up, I just don't know if a conference in P5 would have that in mind. It just doesn't seem like that's been something that's popped up. Tom, it doesn't take a genius to figure out what BYU has been able to do in independence in terms of facility upgrades and raising the level of competition. Yet there is this widening financial gap between Power 5 schools and Group of 5 schools. BYU is somewhere in between because of the relationship with ESPN, among other things, an incredible fan base. So where does BYU fit in financially, and how do you – maintain that level of competition when you clearly aren't getting the TV revenues that the power five conferences are. We do it through Cougar nation. Look, it's no secret that the gap continues to widen between the autonomous five or the power five P five and the group of five. I think BYU is an independent has a little bit of an independent stance in there. We can move you know, a little bit further away from the group of five some years. Some years maybe we move a little bit closer and in, back into the group of five. But I think that it's always important to know that BYU athletics is not going to make a decision based solely on money. It, you, we can't do that. We never have done that. But that gap that's created is – uh, is a situation, it presents a situation where we have needed more capital. And that's where Cougar Nation comes in. In the last number of years, as the P5 makes more and more money in their broadcast rights and the other uh, revenue streams that they have as members of P5 schools, we've relied more heavily on our Cougar Nation and those donors and gifts and sponsors and all those great people that have helped us stay alive. We're doing well, but that gap, as it widens, we have to be following them. But we, there'll be a, there'll be a limit at some point in time where that point is. I'm not sure. Okay. In 10 years from now, we're actually going to do the 20 years of independence show. So <laughs> could you give us a if sense? Somebody else. <laughs> Are you going to be retired by then? Yeah. Less than, okay. Less than 10 years from Tom home. We know if you could stay, that'd be great. I think you've been awesome. Um, what, what do the next 10 years look like for BYU football as you navigate all these different things we've talked about? I think it'll be exciting. I think it'll be invigorating. I think it'll be thrilling. If you looked at last year, and if that's an indication, right now this snapshot of where we are is a good spot. I think maybe some of the pessimists would look back and say, yeah, but what about that year where you kind of faded? College athletics is very difficult. We'll be dealing with NIL in the near future. We'll be dealing with the transfer portal. We'll be dealing with mental health issues that are occurring throughout the country in all aspects of society that affects college athletics. A Supreme Court decision just came (laughs) out today that might change things. If you're in athletics in right now in administration, It helps to have played in games 
where the first quarter is different from the third quarter and overtime is different from warmups. Whatever happens in the next few years will be dependent on our preparation. We have vision, we have goals, we have dreams, we have plans, but we also have to react to the things around us. We hope that we don't always have to react. We hope that we're, we hope that we've planned out enough and we're proactive enough to where we can chart our own course. But as we've learned in conferences or as an independent, you always have to be on your toes and be able to adapt to the situation that comes your way. Tom, this has been a fantastic and very insightful conversation. We certainly appreciate the time that you give to us and fans across BYU Sports Nation. Let's give you some karma, just for your life, as you push towards retirement whenever that yeah, is. Yeah, Tom, breaking news with the decade. He won't be here in 10 years. <laughs> if, I'm ta- if I'm talking independence in 10 years from now and I'm still here, that will be something that your karma would have been <laughs> Thanks so much, Tom. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Started the uh, interview and ended it getting an email. He's a busy dude. It was perfect. He's a a, a busy dude. I I think the email was like, hey, you're supposed to be on this Zoom call. And then the one at the end was like, I think it's time to get off. You have other things. <laughs> I'm sending you this email so I can get you off of the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. He said a lot of great things there, but the, why does the thing that stick out is that he's not going to be here in 10 years? Well, he's just been here for so long. He's been here 15 plus years, and yeah. he's done so many great things. AD of the year this year. Yes, yeah. understandably. Yeah. BYU finished in the Learfield Cup settings higher than they ever had before. He was also overall department. He was also the BYUSN AD of the year for the... Eighth year running. He's got the karma now. What's he going to do with the karma? Coming up. Go to Vegas. The best plays of the last decade. And the 10 best players in independence. Who earns the top spot there? This is BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. A decade of independence and football special. Now, Jerem, we look back at the players really who defined the independence era for the Cougars, our top 10 players in this indie run. Let's go. Number 10, Mitch Matthews, 2012 to 2015, of course, known for the Hail Mary catch uh, against uh, Nebraska in 2015. Among the independent players, second most in catches, yards, and touchdowns in the era to Cody Hoppin. He was fantastic. Not elite, but fantastic. <laughs> you had to sneak it in there. It wasn't sneaked. Hey, it wasn't sneaked. If he's one of the top 10 players in 10 years of independence, does that not qualify as some type of elite? Don't start that Discussion again. for another day. Number nine. How about our guy Kai Nakua, mm. who, as we mentioned earlier, was a Heisman Trophy candidate at one point in 2015 after three interceptions against Boise State. This guy had a nose for the football, and Jerry, more importantly, a nose for finding the end zone once he got the football. 14 career interceptions, outstanding numbers. Yeah, that's fourth all-time at BYU. Uh, that's the most picks in the decade of anybody. Uh, we have to bring up the Miami Beach Brawl, too. Uh, I'm being told it's the Beach Bowl. But, yeah, he, he landed a punch there, and he landed a punch on Boise State uh. with three interceptions and a pick six to seal it. That was a rapture-esque moment. Oh, my goodness, that was unforgettable. All right, on to number eight. 
Okay, Bronson Kafusi, defensive lineman, 2012 through 15, uh, dabbled at linebacker as well. People forget how good Bronson was. 27 sacks. That's like two and a half seasons worth now for BYU. Good gravy. 44 tackles for loss. That was second to Kyle Van Oy's 61 and a half. Incredible. Yeah, his career numbers and a bunch are of so kicks. impressive. Yeah, a bunch of blocked kicks too. Number seven. It's tough to get on this list as an offensive lineman, Jerem, but we're going to do it and put Brady Christensen at numero siete. He opened up holes for BYU football running backs that 2020 special season and got himself onto an NFL roster. First lineman drafted for BYU and only in the independence era as he gets to Carolina. This guy deserves to be a top 10 player as a third-round pick. Yeah, since 05, first-team All-American. No one else on this list can say that. He was fantastic, man. He was uh, one of the highest-graded tackles in uh, and offensive linemen in the country. He had a great year. And the fact that he made a top-ten list, like you said, is very validated. At number six, who makes the list? Cody Hoffman. Okay, now he played 9 to 13 so two of those years we don't count in independence, but he was awesome. His last two years were worthy of it. All-time leader in catches, yards, uh, touchdowns at BYU because Austin Colley plays three years. Cody was tremendous. I think Cody's the second-best receiver BYU's ever had. Uh, he caught touchdown passes from a bunch of different dudes, by the way, so he didn't have the continuity of the same quarterback. Or even, uh, you know, he, he, had, he had Taysom Hill as a sophomore when Taysom was a sophomore, and that was his, uh, you know, his senior year. So he didn't have that continuity. 2012 is junior year. 100 catches, 1248 yards, 11 Ooh. touchdowns, and that's on a mediocre offense. A team that won double-digit games. And, 2012, they oh, were 8 sorry, and 5. 2012, that's right. That's, that's right. Again, eight it's an elite five. defense, and it's just an okay offense. Okay. Mm-hmm. 2011, BYU wins 10 games, but Cody Hoppin is a big part of that as well. Schedule wasn't great. No. It was I, easier. Uh, <laughs> that's why they won 10. <laughs> Into the top five. Who is number five? Well, it's a guy who wore number four at BYU. No, not Taysom Hill, but Fred Warner who right now we're watching one of the most athletic plays in BYU football history, a pick six against Boise State, tiptoeing down the sideline. Fred Warner, another of those BYU players, drafted into the NFL in the third round. Of course, he's become one of the best in the National Football League, but his career numbers at BYU, Jeremiah, I I feel like he absolutely is deserving of top five, if not maybe even a little bit higher. Yeah, he's been even better in the NFL than he was at BYU. 262 tackles, 24th in BYU history, 32 TFLs, 13th BYU history. Overcame 4-9 and 2017 to still be a third-rounder, so he was impressive individual. All he did was have pick sixes against Boise State specifically. Yeah, that was fun. Multiple. Okay, number four, Kyle Van Oy, 2010-13. Most uh, tackles for loss in independence. 61 and a half. How about that number? Uh, won the 2011 Ole Miss game by himself. The 2012 San Diego State game by himself uh, in the bowl game, Poinsettia. And he starts the 2013 game with an interception on Chucky Keaton <laughs> to go up 7 nothing. So, yes, Kyle Noy, his, his win shares, if you will, would be really high. It's so tough BYU. to win games as a defender. He did so multiple times. Like, I feel like he set the tone against Utah State and put them on their heels and almost like won the game for BYU with that he shifting play. Literally had game-winning scores in two games. Correct. Ole Miss, San Diego State. Like, when you have a pick six, it's not to win a game typically. It's to kind of put the nail in the coffin or it's garbage time or whatever. No, 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 no. He wins two games by himself. All right. We've gone through numbers 10 through 4 in our list of top 10 players of BYU's 
Independence era through 10 seasons to number three. We need to spend a little more time here because this dude is special. Jamal Williams at number three. Some of you are saying, ooh, shouldn't he be higher? BYU is all-time leading rusher. Set the individual game record with 286 yards against Toledo. Tied a program record of five touchdowns in that game. Wild 55-53 win. Jay Swag Daddy at number three. 3,800 total yards on the ground. 566 receiving out of the backfield. Jeremy combined for 35 total touchdowns. I feel like from a career standpoint, he's got an argument to be the number one overall player. Any of the top three could argue at one, two, or three. Absolutely. You could argue all three at one. Absolutely. This was, uh, you know, these are these are three all-timers, not just in independence. And what Jamal means to the program, not just on the field, but off the field. He, he has had an impact in that fashion. Oh, yeah. Always repping the Y. Perhaps the biggest personality in BYU history. I mean, awesome. He was amazing. He's he's number one on that list. Awesome. And remember, he he bails right before fall camp 2015. He comes back. He didn't have to. He could have transferred somewhere else. 2016 has a fantastic year. Sets the all-time mark. Has 286 and 5 against Toledo, as you mentioned. He was great. And he was the MVP of the Poinsettia Bowl. BYU forever Poinsettia champs. 200 yards for him in that game. Beat Josh Allen in Wyoming. Tanner Mangum throws for 100 or fewer than, what, like 86 yards and wins the game. There were two games yeah. where Tanner Mangum threw for a sub-100 and BYU won those games. He had a Hail Mary touchdown because, pass from, like, the two-yard line in that game. Right, because there was a 200-yard rush. Okay, number two, which reveals Ooh. who number one is. Taysom Hill. Oh, wow. 2012 to 16. A quarterback has gone for a 400-100, that is passing and rushing, 12 times in NCAA history. Taysom Hill did this in 2013 at Houston, perhaps the most underrated performance by a BYU quarterback ever, 417 and 128. That was amazing. Fourth in total offense in BYU history. If fully healthy, he definitely passes, passes Max at number two, Hall. He doesn't pass Ty with uh, you know 15,000 or 14,000-something with all the sacks, but Taysom Hill, incredible. And again, if you told me Taysom was number one, I'd be fine with it. I would with any of these three. I really would. Taysom was so fun. Here's the fact that I like to bring up here, too. To me, a blowout is three scores or more. So 17 plus. That's that number, right? He never lost a game by three scores. No. 15 was points in was the biggest Every deficit. game he started. Right? It was the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl in 2013, the 31-16 loss that was the biggest loss. Yeah. And he had 10-point losses at Notre Dame and Wisconsin as a sophomore. Um, he, I just felt like BYU was in, like, had a chance against every team it played because yes. BYU had Taysom Hill. Beat Texas twice, almost single-handedly. Single-leggedly? And Question he mark? was a big part of the Nebraska win in 2015, too. It goes three quarters. Sure, had BYU out to a big league. He, he, he was played the, on a He was the starting pitcher. Foot. He was the starting pitcher for the Nebraska game. Yeah, so he takes like But then the lead, the was, lo- the, the lead was lost, so Tanner Mangum got the win. So here's the thing that makes me think maybe Taysom Hill deserves to be number one. 16 Power 5 games, Jerem, 8 and 8. Compare that to a guy like Ty Detmer. Three wins, nine losses, one tie against Power 5 opponents, Ty Detmer's career. Taysom Hill goes 8-8. Eight and eight. Yep. His schedule was markedly tougher. You don't have to tell me. Oh, and he delivered. five Like 40%, BYU wins 40% of the Power 5 games. Taysom Hill had a 500 record in 16 Power 5 opponents. Do you see why you shouldn't have more Power 5s? Taysom Hill went 50%. <laughs> like, come on. And the number one player of independence. Whew. Zachary Wilson. He wears number one. 
He's number one in a lot of BYU fans' hearts, and he is the number one player on this list. Again, this was not a consensus. We voted on all of this, and this was the overall vote, but this is not unanimous. Sorry, it is a consensus, not see, unanimous. See your stake president if you don't think that it's Zach. Okay, here's, why, here's the <laughs> argument for Zach. Highest draft pick ever from BYU. First Heisman, Heisman top 10 guy since Stemmer in 91. Second highest PFF grade ever, right? Finally got BYU into the top 15, 11th, first uh, double-digit win since 2011, mm-hmm. right? So those are the things for Zach. Against Zach, uh, 43 touchdowns, three turnovers. That's for Zach. Against Zach, uh, hey, uh, easier schedule. Yep. I don't hold a single season against him, though, because we don't hold that against Mark Wilson, Steve Young, Steve Sarkeesian, and Brandon Dome. Okay. They have one magical year, boom, you're amazing. Okay. Right? Taysom certainly has the body of work. Like, he does. Jamal does, too. But what Zach did in his one season was greater than anyone else did in any one season. The perfect game, his freshman year in the bowl game, the Idaho Potato Bowl, kind of got things rolling. Injuries really hurt his situation in 2019. With and he doesn't play a senior year. Let's point that out. Shoulder. What would he have done this year? Oh, man. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I, I went on air and I said, if Zach Wilson decides to come back, I don't care who BYU is playing. They're going to win 10 games against that schedule. He's that good. He's I, that good. I would, that would have been fun to watch. Holy I'm not cow. quite sure, but that would have been fun. Those are your top 10 players of the Independence Era. Do you agree? Yeah, a lot of back and forth between 3, 2, and 1. All three of those guys could be top of the list based on what you value most, career or just overall individual season. Coming up, where do we see BYU in another decade? Yeah, and the top 10 plays of independence. Another fun list. Don't go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome in. And welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. At Independence. Of Independence. This is an American show. Juan Young Hamnita. How do you yeah. say it in Portuguese? Say what? Welcome. Seja bem-vindo. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah. This is a worldwide Be audience. Be welcomes. <laughs> hey, we gave you the top 10 players of Independence. Now, Jeremy, it is time to relive all of the feel-good moments packaged up in the top 10 plays of Independence. Don't get caught out of position. 18 they seconds. Clock it. He'll fake the clock. Throw to the end zone. Touchdown! Cody Hoffman with 11 seconds remaining. His third touchdown grab of the afternoon, and BYU has the lead. That's a backwards pass. It's a trick play. It is set up wide open into the end zone. Laulu Patuta got by the defense. And the tight end scores off the pass from Hifa. What aggressive, wonderful call there. And perfectly executed in time. Aleva Hifa sold it. And Moronai Laulu Patuta. You couldn't draw it up any better if you're BYU. Very important third down for BYU. Hill. There it goes. Touchdown. 68 yards for Taysom Hill. And BYU's back in the lead.
Finley. Over the middle. Intercepted! It's a hat trick for Nakua. And he's not done. Touchdown! Can you believe it? possession starts inside their own five dingwell hit as he throws loose football recovered for a touchdown by kyle van noy kyle van noy we've talked about him all night slips the block strip and recover Second down. Hill steps out of pressure and has the seam for a first down. And more. Hurdles his way. Highlight reel. Touchdown. On the move. Downfield. Lobs it to the end zone. Touchdown. He's done it again. Jurgens! And a memorable season opener for both teams. Three man rush. Mangum, all kinds of time. Steps into the throw, in the wind, down to the goal line, and caught! Touchdown, BYU! Mitch Matthews on the last play of the game. I've gotten myself some chills. It's beautiful. Talking to Mitch a couple weeks ago on Deep Blue, the Deep Blue podcast, he said, I spread my arms and legs out to kind of box out any other arms that were going to come around. And then he said, once I got it, there's no way I'm not scoring there. Think about everything that happens because of that moment. Yes, BYU ends Nebraska's 30-year non-conference home opener winning streak, but the Hauk hug happens. Okay, Then there's the Lego video that transpires from our guy Gold Yeller because of that. Although he gave us injured Taysom Hill on the desk here, yeah. which I think he thought was nice, but at the time I was like, too soon, too soon. <laughs> what a fantastic set of plays. Just amazing over the last So decade. much fun to watch. Okay, coming up. Where will BYU be in 10 years? Maybe we should uh, corroborate with the Oracle and his crystal ball of awesomeness. Died up on Y Mountain. We'll project the next 10 years. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can always download the podcast as well. Subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back to our Independence Special, a decade of awesomeness, BYU. 
Now we look ahead to the next 10 years. But to do so, we bring in our friend Ben Bagley, who has three burning questions. All right, guys, look into the future. In the next 10 years, BYU will appear in how many college football playoffs, Jerem? Hopefully one, right? Oh, yeah, wait, hold on. My, my bad. Hopefully. Now put on the blue goggles and answer that question. Oh, definitely one. Yes. Yeah. That's more like it. It's probably zero, but hopefully blue it's goggle one. Alert. Yeah. Blue goggle alert. Through the blue, blue goggles, goggle definitely one. Blue They'll be in alert. the mix for a few of these, Jim. They'll, oh, hey, wow. they'll be bubblicious. Here, hand here. Where, where, these bubblicious? Where are these? Take out the blue goggles. I honestly think that at some point, BYU is going to have a special season in 10 years. So even without so the blue goggles pandemic on. pandemic happens? One. No. Oh. Okay. All the stars will align in some way. They'll be in at least one. I like one. Sounds dreamy. Next. In 10 years, BYU will be playing in the blank conference. Ooh. Hopefully a Power 5 one. I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. Is it the AAC? Is it a Power 5 conference? Is it a new league, Jerem? Oh, it's the new whack. Don't rule that out. It's another 16-team whack. New conference to be named. Putting it out there. Okay. Ben, what do you have for us last? Uh, this is the last one, and I hesitate to ask it. Oh. But in 10 years, BYU will have beaten Utah how many times? Oh. You want to answer this first, Jerem? <laughs> three. Answer carefully. Yeah. At least three. <laughs> at least once? Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, that's going to happen. I'm hoping for at least a split, but that's pretty ambitious given the last okay, decade. Okay, 10 years. BYU wins 40% of their Power 5 games on the reg. Some say four times. In the last decade, BYU wins 0% against Utah. I know, I know. Four is ambitious. So let's go three wins. Let's go three you wins. Say three, I because say four. they're only playing eight times, by the way. Okay. Our thanks to today's guest, Tom Holmo, who was fabulous recapping a decade in independence. Sergeant Dennis Pitta, you weren't in this decade. We ran out of time for you. Oh, that's right. It actually works this time. So old, Dennis. For Jerem, I am Spencer. And a shout-out to Jake Heaps. We'll see you back here in Studio B.